It seems that everything Case and Calendar touches turns to pure gold. And in this episode, we discuss their most recent award-winning crown jewel, King and the Dragonflies. King is a 12-year-old boy who believes that his brother, Khalid, has turned into a dragonfly after he unexpectedly passes away. This young adult novel tackles subject matters of grief, homophobia, and racism. On today's episode, we are joined by our newest addition to our show, YA book reviewers Brianna and Rachel. I'm Denny. And I'm Veronica. Stay with us as we talk about the novel King and the Dragonflies. Are you currently looking for a bookstore that has a great selection of books? Well, Kizzy's Books and More is that bookstore. Visit www.kizzysbooksandmore.com to purchase your next book for our book club. Use coupon code VULGARGENIUS to receive 10% off the subtotal of your first order. What's up, everybody? Happy Black History Month! Woohoo! We made it. We made it to another celebration of blackness. I love it. I'm here for it. We're always here for it. We're always, I'm definitely always here for it. Um, 365, <laughs> 24-7. Sometimes leap year, so 366, because we get that extra day to be black. And I am so blessed. And um, I'm. you are blessed to hear me. Yes. In all my blackness <laughs> during this Black History Month. So you're welcome to the people out there. <laughs> but yeah, it's Black History Month. And we've it's only day two. And we yes. already got a lot of stuff happening already in the second day. Yes, of course. Our book of the month for February is Black Buck by Mateo. Ascrapore. I could never say his last name. So before he kills me, because we are going to talk to him, BT Dubs. Oh, she just dropped the exclusive, <laughs> exclusive news. Um, yeah, we get to talk to a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, we're so excited. Yeah. It, and you should be excited, too. So make sure you go and pick up that book immediately. It's, it's everywhere. It's Black Buck. It's like, uh, it's it's in Jenna's book club uh had his book for january mm-hmm. and um now we have it for february we're borrowing it we have it for forever let's be <laughs> honest it's ours we're not giving it back no we're not and then um we also announced today our ya book of the month because today is his publishing day yeah happy pub day to happy book birthday to Costco jackson for his novel, Yesterday is History. Um, so definitely go and run to your nearest local bookstore and pick up those books um, so that you can read along with us and that you can enjoy the podcast. And we are interviewing him this Saturday. Uh, so that podcast will be up next week. So stay tuned, stay posted, stay up on the news that is Be us. involved. Follow us. Be involved. Get involved. Get into it. (laughs) Do your civic duty. And uh, so I'm so happy on on this second day of Black History Month to um, be able to introduce two students of a school that I used to work at a long time ago. 
um, these students. One still a student, one is no longer a student at that school. But they are here joining us this lovely, lovely day to talk about Case and Calendars, King and the Dragonflies. I want you to uh, give a round of applause for our lovely YA reviewers, Brianna and Rachel. Yay! Welcome, ladies. How y'all doing? How was the night? We're I so- am doing great. Super yeah. excited to be here. Yeah. I'm Rachel, so you recognize my voice. <laughs> Hi Rachel. And I am and I am Brianna. Hey Brie. <laughs> Super excited. Well we like we said, we're here to talk about um Kaysen, Calendars, King and the Dragonflies. Um this novel is about a young man who is dealing with the loss of his brother, uh, who dies suddenly. And he believes that his brother has now taken the body of that of a dragonfly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, within him dealing with the grief of the loss of his of his brother, he is also dealing with his um, sexuality, um, which he must come to terms with, uh, with with a friend of his who is a white friend named Sandy. Yes, and their story unfolds as Sandy went was gone missing. And King has to basically see if he wants to let the people know where Sandy is or keep that secret for himself while he discovers who he is and he discovers how to navigate his family um, ties with everybody else mm-hmm. w- with with his brother being yes. being dead. So uh, let's just jump right on into it. I'm really curious as to what you two um, thought about, what you initially thought about the book. Like, did you, over overall, did you like this novel? We'll start with Brie. Okay, so personally, I really liked it. Um, I, at first, I was like trying to figure it out, trying to figure out if I liked it or not. And then as I got more into it, and I think um, as it introduced, you know, topics of racism and and homophobia and whatnot, Mm -hmm. um, and also toxic masculinity, that that also Mm -hmm. uh, grabbed my attention a lot within the book. Um, I think this book is a really great read, not only for for young adults, but also for also for kids in grade school and stuff like that, um, I think it introduces these topics early. On. Introducing these topics early on would be a lot better for kids mm-hmm. um, who are struggling with these things. What are your thoughts, Rachel? No, yeah, I really enjoyed the book from the start. Um, a lot of times when I read books, I don't like to read like the little synopsis that they give because I want to see how a person figures it out on their own and interprets it. So starting off, I was kind of like, it feels like all over the place. Like this doesn't feel like a story that has one main theme, but that's actually what I ended up loving about it because mm-hmm. there's so many different meanings that you can find within the book. And I love that they basically touched on every little thing, so many little like issues that you can find in our real world right now. And they put it in such like a lighthearted way that it didn't feel like overwhelming learning about yeah. these issues, but it was like a soft way to be um, introduced to them. So I really, really liked that. And I loved the way... 
like they switched between you know king's thoughts and then the little stories of his Mm -hmm. brothers i just i love that that was my favorite part of the book but i thought you could get a lot from it i totally agree i think for me growing up um when you talk about ya you know the books that i found myself reading were the babysitter club books right so these Mm -hmm. novels they dealt with different issues Um, But nothing as heavy as the ones that we see in this book and other books like this um, today. Um, So I I think for me, I personally enjoyed seeing how this writer was going to convey all of those different themes and aspects of the books in a way for children and adults to understand. Mm -hmm. Because it's something that, you know, parents can talk to their kids about it. Because it was very elegantly told. Mm-hmm. It's not, like Rachel said, it was not overwhelming. So if kids have questions to their parents, they you know, they can approach it in a very, very, I guess, you know, family-friendly manner. And I think it's important to have that conversation, especially with children these days. Because we want our children to grow up very knowledgeable that the world is big. And mm-hmm. it doesn't revolve around solely... with them Mm -hmm. but there's different types of people and we must all be accepting of each other because that's where it starts and case and calendar is a good way to start that conversation with kids yes um for those who don't know who case and calendar is um they are a um transgender writer um who goes by the pronouns uh them and they and what they have done is written a series of novels uh that deal with that have the the overlying theme of the lgbtq community Mm -hmm. within them um and so with king um we are introduced to a young boy who in the very beginning we do not know that is gay yes it's not later until we see him with sandy that it is revealed to us that that he is indeed gay which really doesn't come out till like towards the end of the book yes because it's i think it's also kind of like his journey Mm -hmm. in his mind and his heart to know that he is really gay Mm -hmm. that this is we follow him kind of like going into uh like uh, a sense of self yes at the end of at the end of the book what did you all think about with the relationship that he had with his brother um khalid right you could clearly tell that this was a person who he found to be someone of some, it was his role model, right? Mm-hmm. He looked up to him as his big brother, but he still had to um, wrestle with the idea of like, there were some things that his brother said to him that put him in a very difficult place and almost to a place where he's dealing with the self-hatred and the denial mm-hmm. of his sexuality. What did you all think about the complex complexity of his brother, um, uh, Khalid? Okay, I actually loved how they portrayed his relationship with his brother because especially like as a person with siblings, I think it gets very real and it shows mm-hmm. you like how much the opinion of somebody can matter when they're family to you, but it also shows how you can't let it dictate your life. Because I know, especially for me, a lot of times I can 
hear my brothers tell me, like, suggest something or say something, and then I start living my life that way despite what I want by myself. And I know it's a lot of people that go through that because, you know, you have older siblings, you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, they probably know what's best. Let me listen to them instead of what I actually want to do. So I really like that the book showed that maybe sometimes it's not best to listen to them but do what your heart tells you to do. And I also loved that, like, when, you know, I loved him realizing that for himself and especially I think it was the moment when he let go of the idea that his brother was a dragonfly Mm -hmm. that's when he really understood that it's okay to let go and that happens a lot with grief as well you're sometimes scared to let go when a person is like gone and you're scared that you're gonna forget them you're scared that you're hurting their memory and like Mm -hmm. making them disappear feel bad for you but it's that's a part of life. It's not moving on, but it's just realizing that there is more to life than constantly thinking of another person. So I like that he started living more for himself and like just that realization that he came to. And then he's like, it's okay for me to have my own opinions and live life my way while still respecting the memory of my brother. Mm. What about, what about you, Brianna? So one thing that I really enjoyed um, was seeing the conversations of um, Hit King and his uh, brother. Um, one uh, one thing that I wanted to say was not only did he carry that um, thought with him through those being those thoughts that of his brother throughout the book, but he also had some sort of resentment at one point towards his brother, even though he was still grieving. He we also saw that not only was he grieving and missing his brother he was wrestling with like yeah I love my brother but he made me hate myself yes um he he, we were we were seeing him go through almost like should I resent my brother and like the guilt of resenting his brother um Mm -hmm. for making him feel that way um about his sexuality almost it was and it was it all kind of stems back to the toxic masculinity that they were both raised in. Um, His father, you know, saying uh, that boys don't cry, that uh, Mm -hmm. black people can't be gay. Um, And if they are, they were around white people too much. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that kind of stems back to that. And his brother obviously taking up after his father and looking up Mm -hmm. to his father as well. And you kind of see that in king looking up to Khalid and then Khalid looking up to his father so I definitely agree I I you know it's one of those things where when you have your family members that you look up to and then adhering to you know the things that they thought are important for you to know right and having to separate yourself from those because you're like you know maybe this worked for them but it doesn't work for me right Mm -hmm. and so I have to like let learn to like let that go and that can be very difficult especially if you really look up to that person if you hated that person then that would be easy to just like I'm gonna you know forget everything that you just told me because it it means nothing for me but for a character like king to have this person who he absolutely loved to die instantly but also leave him not only to deal with the death of him being gone but to deal with the idea of who he was who who king was as a person was not good what what were your thoughts about it i feel like king wasn't nobody was ready in their family to lose oh no to to lose um to to lose khalid 
Um, Because I think, just thinking about it now, I'm just like, I would be in so much grief losing one of my children. Mm -hmm. And then now I have this other one that I know I have to, like, take care of. But that would be so hard. And then I have this husband that I have to take care of, Mm -hmm. too. And then, you know, so you don't, as 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 a parent, you're probably kind of lost still. That's when King sees his mom just kind of like staring and not doing anything anymore and so to me like when king was trying to figure out himself he also was trying to figure out his relationships with his mom and dad mm-hmm. and how he would he would let them influence him cuz there is the love and respect that he would give them but he they have to also understand that he's coming to his own mm-hmm and you know like little little um i guess like scenarios when they were presenting king was trying to help mom cook in the kitchen and the dad was like oh you're 10 years old now you can't be in the kitchen anymore because mm-hmm. that's like a you know that's like a girl's job and then king was just like oh i really want to help my mom because she looks really tired and she needs my help but i guess my dad told me not to do so so you know out of respect and the mom wasn't saying anything so it's kind of like a very patriarchy and family, which is not, you know, it's very common. You see it everywhere, even not not just in black families, but also in Asian families. Mm-hmm. So it was it was it was very very relatable, and the struggle for children to see to see how to navigate that is always it's always there. What I liked about that particular part that you were just talking about was you could t- before he gave his explanation as to why he was with his mom. Mm-hmm. You could have read that as the point of, oh, you know, maybe this is where he, this is a sign where he could possibly be gay at this point, because mm-hmm. why would any boy hang out in the kitchen with their mom? And it takes those stereotypes of, mm-hmm. like, what you would think someone would attach themselves to those gender roles of, like, why would this little boy be with this mom in the kitchen mm-hmm. if he was not gay when in actuality for him it was like i just care for my mom yeah i know she's working hard and i want to be in there to to help her yeah and it's their bonding moment mm-hmm. he did a wonderful job of like revealing the hidden things about people's personalities within the story that we thought that maybe it could go one way when it went another oh yeah um i i think in terms of um, King's dad, because uh, Brianna was mentioning like the toxic masculinity of when in the end when we're re- when King reveals to his parents that he is indeed gay, right? We see that the struggle that his dad was having was not that he was gay, but that he was gay in a white world, and mm-hmm. how that would be something else that would they would be able to use to control and and overpower him. What did you all think about his relationship with his dad in terms of his of his sexuality? I think it was really beautiful how it started off extremely toxic and we kind of see that um throughout the book um his I almost feel like his dad was slowly softening around the edges. He was, um, like, it all started with um, 
his dad saying I love you his dad um well first it started with his dad crying in the at, at the funeral um his dad saying I love you um him saying therapy was for the week and then mm. saying that he should see a therapist I I think also you know him being so accepting um towards the end not so accepting but trying to accept the idea of his son mm-hmm. being gay um like you said it was harder for him knowing that his son is not only black but in in a white world but he is also gay now so it's two struggles um that he has to face and one thing he he did when he's and one thing he said was that he gave him his name for a reason king Mm -hmm. um he wanted him to be strong he wanted him to be brave and he never wanted him to um have to struggle more than what he had had to being black per se um so i really enjoyed their their development throughout the story um their relationship growing and and his father really um breaking down what his what his own father said to him about um homosexuality and allowing himself to actually understand or try to understand his son now to continue to talk about um just the characters in itself because we've we've talked a little bit about Khalid and and King's father but what do you think about like just the which I thought was probably the cutest part the relationship that he had with uh his friends I thought it was so sweet to see them talk about like you know how uh one boy was short and how the tall girl I can't remember their the the characters names but how the tall girl had a crush on the short boy and how like Kevin Hart is short and he's <laughs> he's doing things like I really like how um Kason was able to tie in those uh those current things within the within the novel what did you think about their relationship as friends Rachel I adored that little friend group and like I liked how they showed like diversity within their personalities and how they were all able to still stick with each other even like through the rough times like at the point where um Daryl and Camille didn't want to talk to King after everything that they found out about him and about how he was lying but how at the same time you know Brianna was there sticking up for him because she still found a way to understand and how I think their relationship really shows that even through the toughest of times some friends are really meant to stick together especially Mm -hmm. with everything going on with Jasmine because I know like some other people were in her shoes they would have left him in a heartbeat and not said a word again (laughs) but at the end she was still like she agreed that it was all going to be okay and it even shows how you can like you shouldn't be scared within your friend group and you can change how other people view things because when he accidentally spilled sandy's secret of being gay we had daryl and brianna that were like oh no like making fun of him and all these things Mm -hmm. but at the end when king was able to grow the courage to tell them that he was gay as well they're just like okay and they said nothing more on the topic. Like it just became more that normal. Mm. And it shows you that like in the right group and when you build the right relationships, you really don't have anything to be scared of. And if anything bad happens, you can work through it. So I just love like all their different personalities and how they all came together. Oh, who's your favorite friend? 
like jazz. I love Jasmine. Let me rephrase that. I, like <laughs> I love Jasmine. I love the courage that this girl has. And she was just so adorable. I love Jasmine. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> what about you? What did you think about um, the relationship that, that, that King formed with his friends? It kind of reminded me of like my friends because I'm still friends with them since I was in I was in like sixth seventh grade. I'm that old, so <laughs> shout out to shout out to the homegirls. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm still friends with them. Like I've told them all the ups and downs of my life, and they even though they're in a different country, if I have a problem or if I'm dealing with something, I would still go to them first. Um, so yeah, I was kind of like, oh, these are so cute. Like they have like this different faces of every child that you would see or encounter Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, in a group of friends and Kaysen did a a good job of like balancing their, you know, not everybody is perfect. So everybody has their like flaws, but also they have redeeming qualities. And, you know, you have like the chit chat, the one that always wanted to know the gossip the one that's just quiet and but would straighten things out. The one that's like the peacemaker. So it's it's very relatable and it was fun. To me, it was just fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Brianna, do you have any thoughts on, on their friendship? Yes. Um, I, after, I would get kind of salty sometimes with with oh. daryl and camille like she i was like feelings. yo relax um <laughs> a lot of the, especially daryl i think he was very annoying <laughs> and i was i was i would read it when they were trying to look um for sandy and you know just just hearing his little side comment i'm not hearing him but reading his the side <laughs> comments i was just like oh my goodness like i can't stand this kid so um but other than that love jasmine um i thought she was the realist she kept Mm -hmm. it cool um like rachel said you know i would have bugged out if my my boyfriend ended up you know um, like why lying to me about your sexuality like i was like oh my goodness but she kept it cool she was you know she was a real friend and yeah i love that about her yeah homegirl is very mature yes and you know that's a uh a diamond in the rough when you can find somebody who can tell you like it is and still choose to be your friend. Don't be like bounce. Even when you messing up. Yeah. So shout out to the to the ride or dies <laughs> that's out there. To the Jasmines <laughs> of the world. May you be good adults. <laughs> yes. Okay. So obviously they they had a a nice group unit. Even though every now and then somebody would say some stuff out of pocket, out of line. <laughs> But um, for the most part, uh, their friendship seemed pretty tight. Um, One thing that I I thought was probably one of the best things about Jasmine's character was her understanding of what it meant to keep a secret and also what it meant to tell the secret when necessary, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, like, what, what did you think about, Denny, with when it came to, like, the power of keeping a secret? It can either, like, really kill or let somebody live. Mm-hmm. It's like a life and death situation because, you know, keeping a secret, somebody's gay. Maybe now it's not as harmful. But back in where this novel was written, 
it was a little bit maybe it could harm um it could harm king or it could harm sandy um but also like when sandy was missing um and king knew that where sandy was all the locations and everything he could have you know he could have done something maybe get sandy to a safer place quicker but you know we're talking about children and you know, because I was like, when we were talking, I was like, why didn't they call DCF? And you were like, Denny, they're children. I'm like, you can just Google the internets. <laughs> I was upset because I was thinking like an adult. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if an adult knew what was happening in Sandy's home, I would have been very upset. No, no child deserves to be treated that way, whether no matter who you are. But, you know, keeping a secret takes a lot of courage takes a lot of maturity and at the end of the day one when, when you try to keep a secret you basically pledge loyalty to that person mm -hmm. um but also you should face the consequences whatever that allegiance to that person is Brianna what do you what do you think um going on off of what Denny said um i i completely agree um the, it was it was tough because because you know that he's supposed to keep it a secret but it's also like you just want him to be taken away from his father yes and he just has so much so-called power in the town and, and even his even um king's parents mm -hmm. mentioned how hard it would be mm -hmm. um getting sandy out of that situation because of how his what his father was he was the sheriff mm -hmm. um and you know even when he got caught and his secret had gotten out that was tough because not only was he was sandy in trouble because he had to face his father but king was in trouble because not only he had to face his parents but his parents found out about his homosexuality without him um you know coming out to them mm -hmm. um himself and have being able to keep that for himself until he was ready but also his school finding out and um his school mocking him and teasing him for mm -hmm. something that he just wanted to protect his friend from let me ask you something um rachel because you you obviously were in love with jasmine's character what did you think of her actual character when she chastised him about not telling, not telling about Sandy? So I think it shows like the difficulty between knowing when to keep a secret and not and how to take somebody's outside perspective. Because for King, I think it shows like learning how to keep secrets too. Because at the beginning, he acts when he accidentally told everybody that sandy was gay he didn't mean to it kind of just you know slipped out and that was one of the biggest secrets he was supposed to keep but then after that like he learned to keep sandy's location a secret and i think that's something really hard it's keeping another person's secret when you know how much it can impact their situation because you can know that somebody's going through it at home or like something really bad that's happening with the person mm -hmm. and although they want you to keep it a secret you don't know if that's what's best for them and that's mm -hmm. where jasmine you know was thinking you know maybe it would be better if 
somebody knew, you know, like Jasmine would think in that mature way. But at the same time, it's like, what if it would be worse if somebody knew you can't know anything at all? And that shows the real struggle that I know, like a lot of people go through in real life, knowing that maybe your friend's going through something at home. And although they don't want you to tell anyone, you don't know if they could get help by you telling an adult. So that's really difficult. And so with Jasmine, I think that one part, it was kind of unfair for her. Like, I understood where she was coming from because she's like, hey, we could have helped. But it was unfair for her to be upset at King because when King originally told the secret of Sandy being gay, she was super upset at him. She went, like, (laughs) off on him for telling that. But now when King starts keeping a secret that Sandy wants to be kept a secret, she gets mad as well. So there's, like, no winning for King. It's like, do I tell? Do I not tell? But at the end of the day... It just shows that, like, there's nothing good that comes with keeping a secret. It's honestly like a burden that you have to hold and decide what to do with it. But at the end of the day, if somebody trusts you with information, it's not for you to tell, regardless of if you think it'll benefit them or not, Uh, even though that might be a super hard decision. That's a that's a solid point right there, because we are so quick to think that we know what's best for somebody Ooh, else. Yeah. Adults <laughs> do that all the time. All the all time. All the time. So it, the time. it is a good lesson in in regards to the point that Rachel just made of like, sometimes you just don't know and you have mm-hmm. to really sit with it and weigh those options as to whether you should tell someone or not of what, mm-hmm. what is going on. Because you don't ever know what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. You just know what was told to you. And maybe sometimes that secret might be also kind of like favoring that person that told you the secret. Mm-hmm. We we really never know 100% what is going on. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I recently read in an interview um, with Kaysen, um was them talking about the e- the evilness of people, right? Because when we when we see someone who um, we might think is is evil, mm-hmm. uh, maybe there is a step farther than that that we haven't reached. And so what they talked about is um, around the age of twelve is when they realized that people who we might perceive to be evil, like i.e. you know racist or homophobic, um, might not necessarily see themselves as that that they might Mm -hmm. see themselves as people who are doing good. You know, that people who are um, doing what they think is is what is necessary and needed or whatever, what they think um, should should take place. And so what Kaysen has done is taken those ideas and placed them upon every single character in this novel of... I really feel like um, they hold a mirror to each character um, and showing like what Rachel was talking about, how Jasmine knows the importance of what it is to keep a secret. But like what we were saying is like, at what point do you tell that secret Mm -hmm. and her reaction to King when he does reveal and when he doesn't reveal, you see that, that split, you're like, it would make me confused. And I'm like, you told me not to tell the secret. <laughs> and now you're mad at me because I didn't tell you the like, secret. What do you want? Yeah. But then when you think about uh, Sandy's father, who... Oh, Sandy's father. In the very beginning, we kind of get the sense that, that the sheriff is not a good person. 
but then the son goes missing. So then you're like, oh, well, this is a parent whose son has gone missing. He's really upset. He wants to look for them. But then you find out later on that that parent who is missing said son is also beating that that child, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you all think about um, the way that Kaysen chose to write these multi-dimensional characters. I say all that to get to that one question. <laughs> but what do you all think about that? I think Kaysen was really... I think they took a lot of time in like perfecting that craft. Because it's hard... First of all, it's hard to write, period. It's hard to write about characters that are relatable. It's hard to write about characters that you can talk to your children about that children would understand and that would have flaws and imperfections but also would have characters that I'm like okay that is a good one we're keeping that and mm -hmm. why are we keeping that it's always like this um very realistic um mold of a person that's why when Brianna said you know oh I think you know, I'm listening to this kid because I felt the same way. Like, this kid is annoying, like, just listening to them. Because I'm like, I felt the same way. I felt like I was there with them. And it's very realistic, even with, like, the magical realism of being, like, the the dragonfly and everything. Um, the characters was very well-defined. And I think that's why Kaysen deserved to win that National Book Award for, for young people. Mm-hmm. Because we've read a lot of YAs. I'm sure Rachel and Bree also have read a lot of YAs. But this is deep, but very soft. Like Rachel said earlier, of how you need to tell your readers about the real world problems. But also in a way that they can understand it themselves. Mm -hmm. I really think it's one of... It, it basically is... Um a way of showing that people aren't black or white, that we are a mesh of gray, that even mm -hmm. in ourselves, that we might think that we have certain ideas and belief systems, and then we might wake up another day and realize, but there's like, you got to turn it, you turn it, and then you realize, well, I thought this way, but I also think this way. Or I thought this way and I no longer think this way. So I think that is what Kaysen um, has the power to do within in this novel. Um, what do you all um, think about it? I loved how, like, the author really showed how, like, it really showed the personality development of a person growing up because in, I think in a lot of different books, there's always that one character that's like, oh my gosh, I'm nothing like my family. And it's just magically different and all these things. But Kaysen really showed that your upbringing can have a giant effect on who you are. But at the end of the day, you can change that and you can change it surround, depending on the people that you surround yourself with. And it comes with like, king like being raised in like hypocrisy or when other people think you're just like your family because when king and sandy were having that conversation where king brought up how sandy's family is racist and all these things and he was almost getting angry at sandy even mm -hmm. though he's nothing like that 
But Sandy shot right back him, back at him saying, well, you're blaming me for the wrongs of my family, but you don't realize that you treat me in that same manner because mm-hmm. of your family. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like you don't even notice what you're doing until somebody else points it out. But you can change that by surrounding yourself with the right people. So like with even with Sandy's brother, I loved how from the start it was like, oh, he's a bad guy and he's racist mm-hmm. and all these things. But the more we get into it, like at the end of the day, I'm not completely sure about him as a character, his brother, but knowing that, you know, he was also being abused and that even all the Mm -hmm. times that he went up to King towards the beginning of the book, he had that sympathy within him. He never showed anger like at the start and he never showed any type of ill feelings towards the middle and the end, you know, he got a little bit wonky, but it shows that you can't judge a person solely based on their family's past. And even with King's father, when he was saying, you know, when King told him he was gay and he was talking about how he didn't know how to feel about it, he said it was because of what his father told him and his father learned that Mm -hmm. from his father. So at the end of the day, you can either let your family make you who you are and let them choose the personality for you and be completely influenced by the surroundings you grow up in, or you can learn what's right and wrong on your own and learn it from what people tell you and take that in and honestly change your life, just like King and Sandy both did, I think. So I just really loved how like it showed how characters can be affected growing up, but how they can also choose to change. And I don't know, he, this, I just, he, like King just did, I don't even know. King is so... <laughs> He just show, he's such a beautiful character, and so is Sandy. I just love Sandy because they really showed how you can grow up to be different. And the author did an excellent job showing that as well. Amen to that. What about you, Bree? Do you have any any words? Yes, I actually when she was talking about it, I was I was thinking about um, what kind of influenced these characters in their development throughout the story as well, um, and even though we meet her later on in the story, I loved her. Auntie Idris. Yes. Um, I, <laughs> she had a big, big part in this story, uh, especially when it came to the parents and talking to the mother because, you see, the mother wasn't trying to hear King out. And one of the things he would always tell her was that, like, you never hear me, you never listen to me. Um, you always cut me off. And I think also, I feel like any any child any kid that any person that reads this may relate in a way that you know they probably weren't heard growing up um from their parents because you know their parents are always right but you know auntie Idris, she tells she sits down with the mother and she tells her you know listen to him like let him speak um she has you know they have that dinner together and they they all talk and she starts saying um, stories about how the pa- the parents had fallen in love and, and how they were high school sweethearts. And I think that really um, helped you helped you see the, the not only the father in a different light, because you see him as this hard, um, hard guy in the beginning. And then as the story develops, you see his character slowly soften up and uh, get rid of the toxic masculinity that we saw in the beginning of the book. Um, and how he, like I said earlier, how he was like, you know, even though I was raised this way, I'm willing to change and I'm willing to, to, to learn what it is, um, how it is to be gay and how, like, 
and really just understand his son and how he feels as a person because he said, you know, I, I, I teared up a little bit when he was like, you know, I still love you. And I was like, you know what? That's great character development on his part. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I'm glad that you brought up the aunt because that, I think for me, the aunt was my favorite character of the entire book. Um, to be that person to just show and, and tie in that magical realism um, aspect of it, of what it means to grieve, what it means to connect with your ancestors and those who have passed on that, you know, that you are connected to. And the conversation that she has with both um, King and Khalid about their grandfather, who endured that hard time of Katrina and then the next day he just up and and died after surviving all of that all the <laughs> waters everything yeah. about that hurricane to die the next day excuse me and then her um saying that she was able to connect reconnect with her father you know when she when she had those dreams at night you know seeing him come to her in, in her sleep and having that same thing happen with king um when he has those dreams with when his brother comes to visit him mm -hmm. and remembering those conversations and 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 having those conversations that were somewhat one-sided yeah. uh when his brother was sleep talking uh, when he was still alive and him documenting those conversations and how those documented conversations help him with the grieving process mm -hmm. of like getting to a place where he could say, okay, I know that my brother is okay. Yeah. And I can also let my brother go mm -hmm. to wherever my brother is. Um, those are my favorite parts of mm -hmm. the book. When, when King and, um, would tell his stories about his brother. I actually really enjoyed that because mm -hmm. I, I love magical realism and I was, you know, I kind of like the being in limbo um, kind of feeling when he would do that. And, and then just the fascination of King with that scenario or with that, with that conversation, with that dream or at that moment really tells you like how much a child can really love mm. love a person and you know because we, we we always think like oh you know somebody died in the family and we we always think about the adults we tend to forget about the children and how they would understand things so with grief because i had i had an uncle that passed away when i was like 10 and that uncle was very close to me so i really related to that situation because sometimes i'd be like was that a dream that I, I, you know, that I talked to him and stuff like that? And it was just, it was nice to kind of relive those moments in my head. But also, you know, how adults sometimes take for granted grief of children. Because mm. they're also wallowed up in their own grief. Yeah, it's so easy to forget that everybody hurts. Yeah. Right? That you think that they will forget the person and things of that nature. So something that I really love that Kaysen did was how they showed like they tied in two things being how people can deal with grief and also how especially with Aunt Idris of how the dead is still always there and I liked how they tied those two things together because for me the way that I looked at it was the whole process of King and his family you know 
how they acted before when Khalid was alive, and then when he died, how they were trying to find, you know, go back to that same normal, but how they instead found a new normal that was mm-hmm. even better. And something that I liked with that is like with King's father, the whole I love you scenes, I actually really liked it because when, you know, Khalid first died and he would drop him off, he'd say, I love you. But once they got into the part where they're like, oh, my family's trying to get back to that normal, that one day he was waiting by the door and his dad never said, I love you. And he asked him to close the door. So it's like, Mm -hmm. he was trying to go back to how he was before. But what I really loved that that the authors decided to show is that instead of trying your best to go back to how things were before, sometimes you just need to find a new way to live. It's your new normal, not to go back to the old one. So King's father was able to, you know, go back to living life a little bit how he was before, but incorporating things that he's learned from the passing of his son. Mm -hmm. So now being able to show that love once again and continuously say, I love you, because it's not something that, oh, I should only say I love you when something bad happens to just remind you that I do. It should be something that's constant. So instead of going back to his old way, they found their new normal. And then something within that was how they showed that, um a good way a hard thing for people when dealing with grief is that i don't know if this like comes out weird but a lot of times i feel like we think we owe a person something just because they have passed Mm -hmm. like we owe them a part of our lives solely on the reason that they have passed and king struggles with that a lot especially with his brother telling him that you know he shouldn't hang around sandy and you don't want people to think you're gay Mm -hmm. and since his brother passes he keeps that mentality because he's like well, I can't defend myself and my brother can't defend himself mm-hmm. either. So like, who am I to live my life the way I truly want when he's already passed? He's not here to tell me. He's not here for me to tell him that he's wrong, but he's not here for you know him to show me what he actually meant. And that's a lot of things that happens when somebody passes. We want to kind of keep their mindsets alive and keep what they told us within our lives just because they're dead. Like, even though we think it's wrong, they're like, oh, I feel bad. You know, that person's past. Let me live in their memory. But King, like, finds out. And I think that's where it comes in with, you know, just because a person's past doesn't mean they're gone because he finds out how to live his life as if Khalid is still there. He finds out, like, I can actually do what I want. I can I can be angry at him. I mm. shouldn't be holding in my feelings just because he's passed. I'm allowed to feel as well. And that's something that eats people up with grief is that they think they're not allowed to be mad at the person. They think they're not allowed to be upset about their passing because it's wrong. They don't want the bad feelings associated with their death. But it's really important to let yourself feel. And it's okay. Like, nobody's going to blame you. They're not going to be looking down on you like, oh my gosh, you can't be mad because I'm gone, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You're allowed to feel what you feel and it makes you who you are at the end of the day. So King was able to really develop as a character, to accept himself, accept the people around him as if Khalid was never gone. Solid, solid, solid point. What about what about you, Brianna? You have anything else to add to that? You're You're all good? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm good. She said she said everything. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything that you all wanted to touch on the book that we didn't get a chance to discuss? I I did not appreciate the way that the sheriff spoke to King. I was I was kind of um, at, at first it it when he first came to the door, um, you can tell it was almost like he was trying to maintain his image um Mm -hmm. try to keep his his own secret under wraps and and 
um, which was obviously abusing Sandy and his, um, and Mikey. Um, one thing that, that kind of broke my heart at one point was Sandy, um, mentioning how him and Mikey would have to go, um, hunting or have to go, um, trying to look for food because they didn't have it at home Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or the fact that his father had locked him up for days um and only let him go out once a day um, one day um to eat um and you see like you like like we said earlier it deals with a lot of these topics in a very not overwhelming uh even though it's 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 so deep and like especially with child abuse that's something that's a very touchy subject Mm -hmm. um and and seeing so many cases of it and seeing so many um stories about it the fact that case and calendar they were they were able to kind of touch on all of these subjects in in one book and, and make it so that everyone can understand them in a way mm-hmm. it, i just thought it was a really really well-written book and well-rounded um and with the relationship between uh sandy and king i was rooting from them for them from day i was like please say you like him please say you like him. <laughs> <laughs> just tell that boy <laughs> so i i really i really enjoyed this book same, same. I was, I was definitely rooting for that, that love to blossom. Um, I was like, oh, you know, he can't move in with them, you know, like, you know, that can't happen if they like yes. each other, you know. Uh, but you wanted them to remain in the same city that they could be around each other, so that that that, that relationship could grow. Um, I often wonder, like, what happened. After, afterwards yeah you know what where did those characters end up you know did they remain friends you know because they're obviously really young you end up having different relationships as you grow older but just wondering like you know would those two have stayed friends you never forget your first love that's right that's right because you know and then especially with king it's like this is this is the point where i know myself and who i am and i journeyed with this with this person, Sandy. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, yeah, like Brianna was like, please, please let them, please let them just like acknowledge their feelings. Because I just wanted Sandy to be happy. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be king to know his true self. Yes. So maybe, maybe they're friends. Maybe we can ask Kaysen. <laughs> one day, hopefully, one day. <laughs> um, well, ladies, it has been a true honor. Thank you for coming on to our podcast. We hope that we can continue on um, having you all come and talk to us about wonderful YA novels. It's been a, a treat, a pleasure. This this has been really very nice. You both are very smart people. Yes. You and know your stuff. Yes. And, you know, I wish the the people of the world would hear you guys speak and they'd be like, oh, this is the future. Yes. And we should be proud. Yes. Yep. For sure. So, on that note, we bid you all adieu. We want to say thank you to our special YA guests, Miss Brianna and the lovely Rachel. You all take care. Have a wonderful day. Be safe. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. 
<laughs> Thank you so much. Hopefully we get to do this again because I loved it. I know, yeah, I love this. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all All take right. care. All right, bye, you guys. Too. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Instagram at Vulgar Geniuses Book Club. Our theme song was produced by Sean Kantrowitz. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Dammit. That's spelled S-E-A-N-D-A-M-M-I-T. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. See you next time. Deuces.